ever dreamed that one day, no matter how long it may take us, as long as we have faith in our cause and uh, an unconquerable willpower, knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. This is a time of challenge to our interest and our values. And it's a time to test our wisdom and our skills. This will not be a campaign of half measures. And we will accept no outcome but victory. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. Read my lips. We will respond forcefully. Hey guys, thanks for listening hey, in today. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I think you mean everyone. Oh, so sorry. I need to be more inclusive. Thank you. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening to the podcast today. I'm Kevin. And I'm Brian. And we hope you enjoy. If I only had a brain. And we're live. <laughs> <laughs> we're live. A- episode 25, Brian. 25. Uh, we're live for 25. I'm not going to do a lyric. I just... The rhyme is gonna, good. Yeah, I'm not going to search for lyrics to start our episode. I we used to start with a rhyme. It did start with Yeah, with we started rhyme. with rhymes, and then we went to music. Which always makes me think of Portillo's, when mm. you go to Portillo's. Oh, right? yeah, Number yeah, yeah, seven, yeah, yeah. you're in heaven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Which Brian and I had Portillo's last week before, or on Sunday before the episode, and it was delicious. Right, and it's a perfect segue into what we're going to be talking about tonight. Healthcare. <laughs> so, we have talked about healthcare before. We have an entire episode on different healthcare systems. Yeah. But... Um, and I recommend you guys listen to it. It's a good episode. It kind of breaks down all the different styles of healthcare that are out there in the world. Um, and hopefully it can help you determine what style of healthcare is best for America. Um, that would be episode 11. That is episode, eh, episode 11. Yeah. When we, we talked to universal healthcare options right. and, and options that are Swiss model, Swiss model, yeah. German model, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Great episode. But we, currently have an, a, a, a style of healthcare in America right now that is somewhat in between what I think the left and the right want. Yeah, I think it it was essentially a compromise yeah. between, you know, the the, the House Affordable Care Act and, right. and the Senate bill that they passed. And well, I'm, I'm saying even more like it's a, a compromise between like socialized healthcare or universal healthcare and just straight up free market. You know what I mean? Because obviously the left has this feeling as though um, healthcare is a right and it should be um, for the people, by the people. You know what I mean? Paid for by the people yeah, in tax it, dollars. And the right thinks, no, the way to do this is like everything else, free market. If we have a free market system, people can go out, they're going to shop for the best healthcare. Um, and because of that different demand, um, you know, the cost of healthcare goes down and the cost cost of health services go down because people should be shopping for it. The issue there obviously being that <laughs> if your heart stops beating, there's not much <laughs> yeah. time to shop around. Or even, even in an instance where, you know, you break a bone, you're not like in the ambulance, you know, saying, Hey, what's the, what's the going rate for a femur fracture at, you know, St. This or public health that like, what's the difference? So yeah, yeah you can't really shop in an emergency situation. And so there's a little bit of a change to the episode this week because Brian is our guy. If you guys haven't noticed by now that Brian's the smart one out of the two of no. us, 
it's time for you me for it's it's time for me to come out and tell you um brian picks all the topics because (laughs) he is super well versed in this um I, I idolize him big time as far as his historical knowledge. You didn't say you were going to talk about this. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Sorry, nobody can see you. <laughs> Yet, YouTube channel is coming. Um, and uh, I basically, um, I had kind of an eye-opening experience and um, not necessarily had my mind changed, but definitely had my eyes opened and a, yeah, a change of opinion. Yeah. Of the way that healthcare should go. Yeah, and and the way I've always looked at this this show is, you know, similar to a sports broadcast. You have the the play-by-play guy and the color analyst where, you know, the deep dive, you know, the former player goes into why do they pick this pitch or, you know, John Madden, a former coach goes over plays and kind of goes through every in and out of that play. And then the play-by-play continues to go. And, and uh, Kevin, you've always been a great play-by-play guy, and I just did nice. the color analyst. Uh, but I, I'm excited for this episode because if we're being honest, like Kevin and I talk about every episode before, and uh, Kevin was very motivated for this episode. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where you, yeah, you, you take this. Hype, and let's not hype it up too I'm, much. I'm, I'm hyping <laughs> it up, and I, I'm sure you're going to live up to it. But yeah. We're going to talk we'll about see. the Affordable Care Act today, and what I really want to understand better is I kind of understood where you were before COVID, before this eye-opening experience with with a, a loyal listener or whatever. I want to know if you can think back to a year and a half, two years ago, what did Kevin think of the Affordable Care Act then? So I've said this before in the podcast, and this is like kind of where I get my stance as what I would say as a libertarian. I would really say more of like a centrist. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like taxation. I'm like a firm believer in like no taxation without representation. I like that's one of my favorite things to say, one of my favorite lines from history. And I, I'm pretty firm on that. I, I've said this again too, so I, I, I apologize for repeating it, but um, I do like some social... Um, you know yeah. what I mean? Efforts, some, um, you know, obviously police stations, fire departments, all that kind of shit. Um, you know, I think those are things that we need. Those are necessities and those are good social programs. I like right. social security. I think social security is a good thing. I think that maybe our system's fucked, but that's for another conversation. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I don't like, I don't like spending my tax dollars on, I don't like spending tax dollars. I don't like to give my, my, my money in taxes. You know what I mean? Unless it's for things that I truly believe in. Um, and I also don't like being told to do things by the government. I think that the government works for me. And if there's something that I want changed, I will vote accordingly. Okay. Um, and so my thoughts on the Affordable Care Act were, how can you tell me that I have to go get health insurance? Now, I also really love health and having health insurance because <laughs> I like to go to the doctor and not spend my life savings right. on things like that. I'd rather go spend it on podcasting gear. Um, so, so, <laughs> so if we go back, yeah, you said, all right, well, I don't like the government telling me what to do. So yeah. when it comes to the ACA, there's certain levels of it. Yeah. And I'm going to get, into, was it, was it the individual mandate that really stuck out? That Is was that one of the biggest things. Okay. Yeah. All that right. was one of the biggest things. Um, and, I'm not going to say that I've been like a champion for the rich. You know what I mean? Because there are times in my life that I've definitely said like, well, why should they be penalized for being super rich? Like 
mm-hmm. a lot of them worked really hard. And that's yeah. been something that I kind of stand by um, to an extent. There's always exceptions. You know what sure. I mean? I feel like it's your money. You've earned it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you shouldn't be penalized mm-hmm. for making more of it. Sure. That's like having two guys in a room. And because one guy has $5 and the other guy has $1, you are assuming that that man has stolen something from the man who has a dollar. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of the, the, the uh, gist. Yeah. The idea of it um, in my mind. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. Prior, previously, yeah, previously. Pri- pri- prior to uh, Monday night, yeah. Tuesday night. And then I got a message from one of our listeners um, who's going to remain anonymous. Um, but I, they told me a story of basically their, their medical history and the issues that they're facing now. And the reason this is so prevalent today is because we have a Supreme Court nominee. Mm-hmm. Okay, Somebody has been nominated by Trump. It'll sway things in the favor of the Republicans even more than it already is. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that they are bringing up, um, and obviously there's other issues that are coming up too, but this hits home because one thing that they're bringing up is basically finding parts of the ACA unconstitutional again. Um, and a, just a brief history, I was going to cover this a little bit later, but this whole individual mandate, which I'll get into it in detail a little, in a little bit here, because um, I'm actually going to take the reins on this conversation, and I am going to explain the ACA as a libertarian. <laughs> Ooh, all right, I'm excited. But, um, I'm excited. Yeah, so they basically this individual mandate under Trump under was it 2017 is this happened that they repealed the individual mandate they found it unconstitutional again. Well, they they the uh Congress and Trump had passed a piece of legislation that basically took out the individual mandate because right. prior to that I think it was in 2016, the Supreme Court ruled ruled that the mandate was was constitutional. constitutional. So they made this legislation. And now I think it's um, Texas versus California is at the Supreme Court where the individual mandate is no longer, you know, considered in this. And therefore, the whole thing should be considered unconstitutional because of that 2017 legislation. So if I may take the reins now, Brian. It's all you. This is ACA. Uh, as told by a libertarian centrist man. <laughs> and and the thing about healthcare too that I that I want to say right away too is like we could have fucking 20 episodes on healthcare. You know what I mean? There is so much to get into. And so this is really going to be a gist. Um but something that I really want to point out in the very beginning too is that the idea for healthcare reform or healthcare change isn't like a new thought. You know what I mean? This has been going on since like even like the late 1800s, early 1900s. Like you think back to Teddy Roosevelt when he ran in 1912 when he wasn't reelected then. Um, that would have been his third term in office technically. Um, oh, when he was the bull moose? Yeah. Okay. And so he, it was something he was running on at the time. But I mean, you can even think back to like Truman. You can think back to the 60s, LBJ. You know what I mean? He did a ton of things by enacting Medicare and Medicaid, um, which really I think was like a, a JFK thing, but he kind of mm-hmm. followed through with it, which is, you know, good for him. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we went into the early 2000s with like 48-ish million people without health care. Um, or that were uninsured anyways, is what I should say. So, you know, 2008 comes around, Obama runs on this idea of like a, a, a Medicare for, not a Medicare for all, but like an Obamacare, his Affordable Care Act. And so it sees a lot of, you know what I mean, fight um, in Congress, 
But he finally gets a pass in, what was it, 2010, Brian? Yeah, I think it finally passed. Yeah, in 2010. And the way that I read it, so I, I went through and read some of the legislation, which is so hard to do. Like the original document is like between like 500 and 1,000 pages, something like mm-hmm. that. Like I don't have that kind of time. I wish I did because some of it I find very interesting. <laughs> Other parts of it, I'm like, fuck, this is like the worst legalese and I don't understand what the hell they're saying. Like I was at the point where I was like, I have to look up all these words in this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> but the first thing I broke it down into was, or one of the first things it did was it basically put mandates on insurance companies. So it said, you are in this business of helping people get healthcare um, and helping it to become more affordable. And so we are going to put these guidelines, you know, and so the first big one was, um, you know, people can stay on their parents' insurance until the time of their 25. So when they turn 26, they get booted off. That's great for kids who are in college. You know what I mean? Because some people, if you go for like a doctorate, if you're going for your master's, like you're in school, you don't have time to like work and buy healthcare or, you know, get it through your company. The other thing that it does is it makes it, impossible for an insurance company to drop an unwell person for unjust causes. You know what I mean? There are certain stipulations if you're abusing drugs or things like that. And Mm -hmm. I personally, I understand that. Mm -hmm. It also made it so that insurance companies, and this is the big one as far as the mandates goes for, Mm -hmm. for, for insurance companies, insurance companies cannot deny policies to people with pre-existing conditions, which this means also that people who have pre-existing conditions cannot be charged more than people without pre-existing conditions. How am I doing so far, Brian? I think you're hitting, <laughs> I think you're hitting everything. So thing to note here, because we're going to keep track of score here. Okay, so this is really score one for the people, score zero for the insurance company. Because you're basically telling the insurance companies, again, this is something that fights me on my libertarian side, because you're, t- you're forcing these companies to do something. Now I understand because they are helping with the health of America, but we'll get into that. I don't want to mm-hmm. uh, you yeah. know, go too far off the rails here. But score one for the people, score zero for the insurance companies because they are going to have to fork over more money and also accept people that are going to cost them more money without widening this pool. Then you get into essential benefits. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically essential things to your health, you know what I mean? Uh, essential procedures, checkups, things like that, mammograms, periodic- periodical health screenings, the controversial birth control, things like that, that sure. affect your everyday health. These things were required to be at no cost to the individual. And, and let me jump in for just Please, a second. Yeah. Um, with birth control, one thing that I'm sure all of our listeners understand, but a lot of people don't, is people are prescribed that for a multitude of reasons. Um, I should say, you know, females are, but um, it, part of it is just hormone regulation. And right. Acne, like there are multiple right. reasons. So that's certainly. why that was also certainly. included, not just, you know, but yeah. yeah. So sorry. Continue. That's okay. That's okay. So the whole idea of this is that you're providing these necessary services or goods that are going to make America healthier again. <laughs> little Trump plug there. (laughs) Um, Which in theory then takes your already, your pool of people that are getting health insurance, okay? And it's expanding, hopefully, the number of healthy people. The healthy people that are insured are basically helping these companies pay for the people who need care. So... Again, though, this isn't really a score. We're gonna we'll, we're still gonna call this a score for the people. Yeah. So we are at people two, insurance company zero. Um. So this is kind of where the rub comes into play, 
this is the next portion. This is the portion that Brian and I brought up before. Because the third thing that it did is it created this individual mandate. Mm-hmm. Um, the rub is like a gambling term, right? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Nailed it. <laughs> Learning about gambling and healthcare. <laughs> um, so again, we, we had to find a, a, a way to basically what we're, what we're trying to do is widen this pot of people, widen, they, they, they talk about it as the pool of people that are in it. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea here was by creating this way of somewhat, in my mind, forcing people to get health care. And the way that you're forcing them to is if they don't get health care, they are then penalized on their taxes. And if I remember correctly from the stat or from the legislation, it was something along the lines of like your first year may only be like $75 you pay in yeah. taxes. But like after five years, 10 years, something like that, you're talking a thousand, two thousand $2,000 in, in taxes mm-hmm. um, that you're going to have to pay into it for not having health care. But by forcing these people in, or encouraging these people to come in and get healthcare, you're widening this pool. And, you know, if we think about it, there's more healthy people in America than unhealthy people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, you're getting more money for the insurance companies that are now having to pay out. So now we're trying to even out the score, right? right? You know what I mean? So now it's like people two, insurance company one. Well, and, and yeah, like you said, they, they would ask you on your taxes, did you have, did you carry insurance? So, it, it, you didn't have to go through the the Obamacare marketplace, as they called it. You could Which have we'll your get employer, into that too. Yeah, yeah, you could have your employer based benefits, as right? Well. Or you could buy your own. Right. Still that, still that ability, right? And again, so like I said before, this is kind of where like the libertarian me does go off the rails because it's like, you can't tell me what to do and then charge me for not doing what you tell me to do. You know what I mean? To me, that's like, well, that's kind of bullshit. Like I'm going to do with my money what I want to do with my money. Mm-hmm. But despite that, like I said, this is, I, I think if we're going based off the score here, it's fair for the insurance companies. Yeah. it's, it's You know what I mean? Yeah. So like Brian just said, the third thing that I noted on here of my like five or six big points, I think about Obamacare, Mm -hmm. you have this healthcare marketplace created. Mm -hmm. Um, This in theory is really good. This is kind of like what I think of as like, uh, what are like those travel sites like Travago or whatever, where you pair like a bunch of different things. Kayak. Yeah, Yeah, that's the one. So what this was is they, and they wanted this to be kind of run on the state level. Um, and so they created these marketplaces online where you can go and basically compare healthcare things. Um, this is something that will probably hit home for all of us living through COVID right now, especially anybody living in Illinois who had to wait on hold for IDES, which is our unemployment security people, because uh, their website crashed all the time, which is what initially happened with this. Sites were crashing left and right. Yeah. They, it couldn't it was a take, really bad rollout. It co- yeah, it was not a great rollout. You know what I mean? We're, no, like let I me said, be critical of the dents. It was a <laughs> shitty rollout. <laughs> but again, you know what I mean? Now it's like we've had two of those with <laughs> unemployment and this. Yeah. Um, and again, this so this is, I again, I think this is a good idea. This is basically, it's a great consumer marketplace. Here's all of these different providers. Here's what they're providing. You can compare and contrast. You can find something that works for you. And this is also another way that is is good for them to bring down the cost of health insurances because you're basically saying, Hey motherfucker, like you got to have all your rates right here. And that way people can see you versus this guy versus that guy and their total coverages. So it's like, okay, well if that mother, you know, if whatever, I don't, what are some health, like Humana, yeah. uh, Cigna, Blue yeah, Cross, Universal Health or yeah. whatever. Yeah. 
um, you can see them side by side. So it's forcing these companies to then be competitive with each other. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's not just like, well, this is what my you know place of employment is offering. The next big thing that Obamacare did. Are you guys sick of listening to my voice? So, so do you think? <laughs> so you're you're kind of scoring, you know, people versus the insurance companies. Yeah. So would that be a win for the people? I think this is another win for the people. I don't think this is a win for the insurance companies unless they all get together and say, Hey, uh, listen, man, like I'm going to charge this. You should charge this too. Like, and just bringing the price up. But no, I say, I say, I say this is another win for the people. Okay. I like this format of scoring, so I'm yeah. trying to keep tabs. You brought up sports later. I actually wasn't <laughs> going to do this until you told me, <laughs> until you made the sports I reference. Like so subsidies is the next thing I came up with, mm-hmm. okay? So basically by subsidizing for those who can't afford health insurance by chipping in little bits over time um, so that the less fortunate or the people who are making under the poverty line can then get insurance, mm-hmm. um, you're basically making an investment, so that, you know, if one day they're hit by a bus or they get sick or God forbid, <laughs> something in real deep yeah. there, Boom! they get hit by a bus. If they jump into a volcano, yeah, whatever. They get swept up by a tornado or struck by lightning or eaten by a shark. Yeah. <laughs> if any of those terrible things yeah. happen, <laughs> we're laughing at how completely audacious it is. Yeah. Not, it was the first thing the that came thing. to mind. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, it's good. I'm what I, my point there was something way out of the ordinary, you know, fucking disaster strikes, yeah. okay? Yeah. Instead of then having this person go into debt, not be able to pay for their insur- their healthcare, which then, which we, we've talked about before, is then going to raise the price of healthcare because then these healthcare providers, these hospitals, these doctor's offices, they're like, well, shit, this person couldn't pay. We're not getting this money. Now we've got to make up for that we cost. We distribute it on the other Yeah, end. we're going to put it on the other end. Again, so you're you're creating a little bit of a safety net and you're again investing in the future of healthcare. This is kind of like a the people up there are helping the people down there. Okay, next thing, expansion of Medicaid. Mm-hmm. So this basically widened the net, it made the net larger for people that couldn't afford healthcare. So if you were like a family of four, only making forty thousand dollars a year, you know what I mean? Maybe before you didn't, you know, you didn't uh, qualify, you didn't qualify yeah. but now you do. So it expanded out that net. Yeah. It also made a change to Medicare. This is my next point. And I, if I'm rushing things, no, I'm trying to make great. this very brief, yeah. very concise. I'm because popular. when I read through all this shit and like listened to people talk about it, I was like, what the f- This is so confusing. I feel like I need to make this a little bit more like... Layman's terms. Well, clear and concise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we can say layman's terms. <laughs> But it also made changes to Medicare. So Medicare was very much like a fee-based system before. Okay. okay. So like you went into, you know, um, when did Medicare start? That's like what, 65? Yeah. Something like that. You know, 65-year-old grandpa goes into the doctor's office with diabetes. He's got something going on. They run 18 tests. And they maybe didn't need all 18 of these tests, but they ran them anyways because they had to or they wanted to or they wanted the money for it. They changed it. So it became this pool system so basically it's like all right hospital you've got this guy coming in with whatever i'm giving you for this whatever cycle here's 25 million dollars or here's a million dollars or whatever it may be i don't know the numbers i didn't look them up i was out of energy at this point (laughs) (laughs) so they give them a pool of money and they force innovation basically if you want to make more money off of us the government here's what you have to do you need to make your tests more clear, more concise, like Kevin's description of the ACA. 
okay, and see, okay, these te- these four tests really work the best. I can use these four tests and get the same exact result or better than using all 18 of the tests that I said before. So you're creating innovation. You're forcing them to kind of be like, listen, you know, streamline your, streamline your thing to give better care for less money. And then the money that you have left over, well, you get to keep. Yeah. So that's pretty dope. That's incentivizing. Yeah, so I have a question about yeah. that. Do Please, you feel... Let me drink some water. Yeah. Do you feel... I know I recently had a procedure and I think it went pretty well, but... I feel sometimes if they know you have really good insurance, you get like an extra battery of tests tacked on yeah. because they know the insurance is going to cover right. it. So I, I think that's an interesting point that you bring up. Like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't u- utilize every resource at our hands, but sometimes it feels like other things are done unnecessarily or you know pre, right. pre preemptively but not really required. So I think yeah. that's a really good point that Medicare kind of sheds that. Yeah. The last major point may I, Yeah, yeah. Awesome. The next major point that I that I pointed out and this is going to be my last one. They kind of made this employer mandate. Which I, I kind of this is like even one as a libertarian I'm like I can live with this. Yeah. Like okay. Again, it's kind of forcing a business to do something, but this is an employer mandate. So what it basically said that is if you have more than 50 employees, so 50 plus, and of those 50, and those 50 employees are basically below the poverty line or not being paid a living wage, Mm -hmm. you have to provide health care for them. Otherwise, you get fined. Really nothing more to that. <laughs> no. So as a libertarian, how can you reconcile that position? Um, or, or, I mean, do you reconcile is, it as this like... Is, actually, I don't reconcile this. I don't I don't really think this is great as a libertarian. I think this is great as a person, Okay. as, as an employee. I've never... You know, well, other than this podcast, I've never owned my own business. Right, right. Um, so I just feel when like When are it's you co- giving me health care, Kevin? <laughs> You're the co-owner, bitch. Like, fuck you. <laughs> You handle that. You're HR. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We, we so, decided. We so, decided this already. Brian's the CEO. I'm CFO. No, wrong. <laughs> so what? What I do? Yeah. Because like, here's the thing. Because I paraphrased here, Brian. So if I missed anything, no, no, I do like. Well, no, your rundown was incredibly in depth and and yet still concise. What I do like that you just pointed out is there's a level of humanity that needs to come into play when right. it comes to the ACA. Right. So you hear this person, uh, a loyal listener who will remain anonymous. And that's where Wait. I'm going to get into here. Okay. So that's where you're going. Oh, okay, that's where so I'm this going. Is, this is, cause I was going to, I wanted you to fill in the blanks if I missed anything no, no. first. Cause Shit. here's where I, um, here's where I get into a little bit. Cause this is what really pisses me off. So I hear this story. And I'm going to share it briefly because that's going to kind of explain my point of view change. And again, I'm going to paraphrase it too because I want I'm going to keep as many of the details private as I can mm-hmm. um, because that was the arrangement that I had made. But basically, this person relies on certain things. The biggest thing is helping people or allowing people to get insurance with pre-existing conditions, not letting, you know, insurance companies basically um, be prejudiced towards those people. And this person relies on certain medications, on certain treatments, things like that. And they're basically going to be dropped. Okay. And so they are getting letters saying, um, listen, we know you need these medications, but we are not going to provide them anymore. So I'm talking to this person and 
it just like it all of a sudden clicked for me right. and there was a whole lot more to it um are the, the letters are coming from the insurance company yes saying they're not going to cover it right did they provide a reason or the it cost had gone right. up or whatever right okay. so yeah so so here's the thing. This is where like again, I don't necessarily like a lot of this system. As a human being, I think it's great. Um, I like to help out my fellow man, but again, I don't want to be forced into anything. But that being said, we're certainly right now we are in this time of great uncertainty. We're in this time of great peril. Um, we have this tiny fucking bug going around. Um, the, <laughs> do you mean the coronavirus? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't <laughs> know. Small. I didn't it's know if small. it was the murder hornet. No, we've got this tiny. Th- those are giant. <laughs> <laughs> got this tiny fucking bug going around, and it's fucking up the globe. It's making uh hard, you know, hard, making it hard for people to work. Um, so even if before, like, I'm a good working person, but oh, I, I fucked up and I got fired and lost my job. That's not the case anymore. It's just people yeah. are being shut down. Yeah. I we restaurants where I work now are, are shut down again. You know yeah. what I mean? So. With all of that going on right now, it's like, and, and not only that too, but it's it's preventing us from seeing our loved ones. You know what I mean? If you've got somebody who has, you know, different, you know, uh, conditions already that makes them high risk for coronavirus, it's like, you can't go see them anymore. You know what I mean? It's basically, it's fucking causing a ruckus. In addition to this, as a libertarian, as a, uh, what I like to think of as myself as a man's man, that's what I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a man who likes to see things through. And I think now more than ever, we need to see this through. We need to see the Affordable Care Act through. You can't take a person who, you know, for years has been ill, someone who needs you, someone who relies on you, someone who you is, you're basically helping them grow um, and become a better person, a healthier person, someone who thinks that they can count on you. And then all of a sudden you're like, eh, fuck, I'm not willing to help anymore. Yeah. I'm not about this anymore. It's just not fucking right. You know what I mean? I, I believe in everyone's freedom to do whatever the fuck they want with their money, like I said. But I know in my heart and I know in my soul that this is not right, man. It's not right to go be- to just say, okay, we're changing fucking things now because now we can get the vote that we need to to make things our way. You know what I mean? We're not going to help out our fellow man mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And I say this time and time again, like this is our duty to vote. Yeah. You you can't fucking sit on your couch and be a fucking keyboard warrior and say, oh, oh fuck this shit and fuck that shit and you can't be doing this. Um, you know what I mean? And and then not go out there and vote because like we vote on our officials and we're, what we're really trying to do is like we are electing people that have our ideas. We elected Obama. Whether you voted for him or not, we as a country decided that Obama was the president for us, and we counted on him to make decisions for us and for the country, and we made, and, you know, and he made them. He made this decision. He said, I'm going to do the ACA, I'm going to do Obamacare, and, and he fucking did it, dude. Like, we made our bed, now it's time for us to fucking lie in it. And we can't, you know, go from, like, helping others pay for necessary medica- medications, and then in a blink of an eye, be like, oh, you know what, forget you, man, fuck you. We can't say, like, oh, last month we gave you this drug that's going to help your fucking heartbeat, and now it's like, eh, well, now you're on your own because we've decided that we don't want to fucking, you know, pay for you to get whatever. It's, it's just bullshit, man. Like, you can't consider yourself a good human being if you're just going to be like, oh, well, you know, whatever, fuck these people. And I was, I, I... I I wouldn't say I'm guilty of this, but I was definitely like, fuck you, man. Those are my tax dollars. I'm yep. going to do whatever I want with them. I said this a thousand times in this fucking podcast today. 
but you still, you can't do that, man. That's like being like, hey, listen, uh, here's some food. Here's some food. Here's some food. Okay, cool. You're, this guy's giving me food. I, I have the food to rely on. Now I can do something with my life and grow and do these things. And then one day the dude comes up to you and he's like, fuck you, get your own food. Yeah. It's just, it, to me, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. And it, it was, like I said, it was a totally eye-opening experience for me. And I, I could go on another fucking half an hour, but I'm not going to take up any more mic no. time. Um, and I apologize you, for getting upset. No. But I just think it's really stupid. Did it, didn't it feel good, though? No. It felt good to say yeah. it. And I just, my, my whole point here, you guys, is I am a, ta- a tax-hating American. Yeah. I get it. They're necessary. It's a necessary evil. I don't like it pushed to extremes. I don't like being told that what I can and cannot do within the law, of course. But, like, this is a situation where, and a lot of people say we did this in nine, during, like, 9-11. We came together as a country. Mm-hmm. It's time to do that again. It's yeah. time to say, you know what? Don't fucking touch the, the Affordable Care Act. Let these people, you know, get the care that they need until we fucking figure something else out. We can't just get rid of it and be like, all right, and everything's fine again. No, I think I think you're right on a lot of things. One one disagreement I have is with when you said Obama did this and, and you know, we want to see it through. I, I agree with that. Um, he was voted in by a majority. The Both the House and Senate passed it. It's legislation. It was... Right. Um, agreed upon, you know, the, at the time, you know, the Senate was, you know, a, a heavy, you know, Republican population in the Senate and the House. It was very well balanced and it still passed. And when we look back at it, you know, I don't think it's we made our bed and we got to lie in it. It's we saw it be very effective, right? Right. And, and, okay, with, so maybe I should have no, rephrased that. No, 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 that, no, no. Yeah. I, no I, I know what you meant, so that's why I'm just c- kind of clarifying. And the idea is we went from 48 million people uninsured to, like, 20. And, you know, now when, when they're trying... When you can try- cut that in half, that's a good thing. That's incredible. And the other thing is, is it saved... They thought it would save several hundred million dollars. Do you know what the most recent study said it, sh- it, it actually shaved in terms of deficit? What? Over 2010 to about 2018, it saved the United States of America $2.3 trillion Fuck yeah, by dude. having that. Fuck yeah. So economically, that's, that's it made a, that's sense. That's a couple of stimulus checks and right at there. The same, <laughs> and at the same time, insurance companies were still doing well. They weren't, you know, I know Donald Trump likes to say, oh, well, Obamacare lined the pockets of the insurance companies. No, they didn't. But what it did do, because Obama... Uh, made stipulations where there would be subsidies for the tech, the the insurance companies to stay in the marketplace. Right. So they might take a loss by taking on you know someone who has, it, you know, diabetes and has had cancer and has had all these pre-existing conditions that they wouldn't have covered prior. Now they were getting subsidies by taking them on. Right. So insurance companies made you know several billion dollars over those years. But overall, the healthcare costs in America went down two point three trillion dollars by by a major economic study. So that's something to to really be mindful of. And when we also look at this uh, nomination of Amy Coney Barrett, who has been very critical of the prior rulings in the Supreme Court that protected the ACA, 
And that's why we're kind of going after this. When we look back at that, there's nothing coming up behind it, right? right. There's no, that's what, and that's what I'm saying. There's, yeah. there's no Trump care, right? Right. They've been, there's no Republican plan in place to back this up and say, hey, we do have another option. You might not like it, but we have another option. Exactly. They have no option. They've been saying it for, for eight years now. Like, hey, we have we we have this plan in place, you know, the McConnells of of the Senate, the Cruises, and then you know Trump most recently and saying, oh, I'll have it to you in two weeks. That was in July, dude. Right. And now they're pushing this forward where they're not only jamming through the Supreme Court nominee, but they're really pushing for this Texas versus California right um, court case to be heard in early November. So. The idea is to have this heard before Trump leaves office, right? And and they want that, or well, should he lose? You know, they want that to be heard. So that's why there's all this pressure to happen. And right. if there was another plan in place, I would happily look into it. You know, I looked into the Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders plans. You know, I looked into... Um, Several other plans I know, I looked into Biden, like what he wants to do. And essentially, he just wants to repair Obamacare and kind of build off of that. Um, I look at these things, and, and I think it's so important that we realize, and I think you summed it up beautifully. It's like, there's this humanity that's attached to this, right? Because we're talking about life or death. And that's why I'm such a proponent of like removing the idea of profit in healthcare. You know, the idea is we have human beings on the line and you're going to profit off of that. Right. Same thing with like prisons and military and education. There's a lot of things. Yeah. There's a lot of things that you just can't privatize. You can't privatize police. Right. Right. If you privatize them, they would have to, you know, make certain accommodations or or actually, you know, attack. Well, if you privatize them, then you just end up with even more regulation. Yeah. Well, you'd see more quote-unquote production right right and that's not they're here to protect and serve and and i do believe the majority of of police officers are incredible human beings and want to do great things um but then even then you know if they're commissioned or you know they see oh well you get a bonus based on the profits you bring in you can't do that you can't privatize that so that's that's one of the things with the aca that i i agree with so much of what you said and i'm I'm humbled by by your evolution on a thought process. Like that shows um, incredible growth, and I think that's something that we always try and bring to the podcast. But actually, seeing you talk it through and where you were, where you are, and where you kind of want to be on it is really impressive. And I think when something hits so close to home, right? When you heard a listener say that they had serious issues with healthcare and blah, blah, blah. Um, sorry, I shouldn't blah, blah, blah that, but no, I, it's, there's so much more that I don't want to say. Right. So when you see those things, it hits close to home. And I yeah. look at the same thing with like the coronavirus. Right. Right. And it's so difficult, especially in Illinois right now where things are shutting down and some restaurants are saying, you know, fuck it, we're staying open. Yeah. And some are doing the right thing, like, like Blue and can, Root. Yeah, and can Blue I, t- can I touch it? on that really yeah, fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, if I may, because I don't want to ruin no, no, your, no, your go, thought go process. No, no, So, um, and this is something I was going to bring up a little bit later on too, but I think now is a good time. Um, so, you know what I mean? We're kind of taking a step back here in Illinois, not all the parts of Illinois, but like mm-hmm. um, Kane County, 
Uh, I think it's DeKalb County has done it. Um, Boone, Winnebago, and DeKalb had kind of gone back into phase right. three a couple weeks ago, and right. a lot of a lot of operations did not actually abide by that. Yeah. And now, it's, and there's the issue. There's the issue because now they're doing it in Kane County and a couple others DuPage. around us. DuPage, yeah. yeah. And so the restaurant that I work at in, is in Kane County. Um, and if I haven't mentioned it before in the podcast, the name of the restaurant I work for is Blue Root. We're a farm-to-table restaurant here. And, and blue is spelled like blue B, cheese. Yes, yeah, B-L-E-U, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I bring that up because like, it's a huge hit to, to us as restaurants. Yeah. And it's the same thing. They had this big meeting today. Um, you know, somewhere in, in town and it was, you know, all the restaurant owners from East Indy, West Indy, you know, from all over the place, Elgin, they all met together and they kind of went over things and there was a representative from Springfield and they kind of touched on what was going on. And I don't know why they brought this up, but somewhere during this meeting, it was probably like, well, this is just a, uh, an executive order. It is not law. Yeah. And it's like, everybody's fucking eyes lit up. Everyone's like, Oh, so we can do whatever we want. Well, like, yeah. yeah, you could be fined and you could be brought to court, but usually it takes a long time. I'm like, this guy is saying all the fucking wrong things, man. And it's something that I'm very proud of Blue Root for doing because we're still shutting down. Yeah. So we're not going to be doing any more indoor dining. No. It's fucking end of fall or well, it feel, feels like the end of fall based <laughs> it on what It snowed on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like outdoor dining is not an option for us. So we're switching back as of basically Thursday at midnight. So really, Friday for us, we're switching back to curbside pickup only, um, and 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 I th- it's I th- like again, I think this is such a huge thing because what the owner said to me is, it's not worth putting if the the cases are going up, it's not worth putting my employees at risk, it's not worth putting their families at risk, it's not worth putting our customers at risk, and so we're going to switch back to this and we're going to see this through the right way. And I was very I was very proud of that. Yeah, I thought it was I, really awesome. And this is just a time to really kind of, I was, this is my shout out for the restaurant and not just Blue Root, but you know what I mean? Anybody in those counties, any restaurant affected by this, make sure that everybody, you know, the most, the, as much as you can support them, go support them. Um, you know what I mean? Because you've got staff in there, you know, some people aren't, aren't, aren't working for pay. They're donating their time yeah. and things like that, but help keep these restaurants alive the best you can. You know what I mean? Go to your favorite restaurant you know, once a month, once a week, once every other month, whatever you can do. Um, and just really, it's it's time, again, like I said before, when we were talking about healthcare, it's time to band together and, and, and help each other out. Yeah, and I think that's something else. I, 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 when you were talking about it, it kind of stood out to me was the idea of 9-11. It was very easy to assign blame. Oh, Osama right. bin Laden and Al-Qaeda. And it was right. very easy to start labeling, oh, those are terrorists, they're bad people. It's hard to do that with this little virus. Right. Like, it's not an easy enemy, right? right? And there's misinformation, there's disinformation, there's people trying to fight this. They're fighting for their lives, right? right. Whether it's whether it's their lives or their livelihoods. Right. So I understand when <clears throat> restaurant owners are like, well, I'm staying open. Full full dining. And I'm not knocking and I'm not knocking those people. Well, I am. I am. No, I'm not. Go on. I am. Because here's the thing. It's not easy. I've lost my livelihood before. Right. Yeah. I was a teacher for seven years and twice I lost my job and I had to pivot. Right. Fucking sucked. But I did what I had to do for my family. Yeah. And, and I hate is, to say it, but I'm thankful for the second time. We wouldn't well, have met. Yeah. But I know what it's like to lose your livelihood. 
And I know what it's like to depend on the government for a time. I had to borrow money from my father and you know, my mom or, you know, I was on unemployment for a long time. I know it was like to pick up little side hustles to just try and make ends meet. I've been through that. And what I'm saying to you now is we have this obligation for other people. And when we talk about the coronavirus spreading in these surges and, oh, well, the mortality rate is 1% or 2% or half a percent or whatever the case is, we're talking about thousands and thousands of people across the country. And that's when I say, if it didn't affect you directly, you might not understand. But when I had to go into the hospital and my procedure was very complicated and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they couldn't see me quickly enough. Right. It went from appendicitis and an easy removal to a, a burst appendix where five out of every thousand people die or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the healing process is from one week to four to six weeks. I understand what it's like, and I don't blame those healthcare professionals. They did the best they could. But the hospital at the time was probably a little overwhelmed with COVID cases and having to space and take care of those people. So, yes, you will probably, the listeners here probably won't have any complications if they get COVID. But the problem is, is if other people are and they're going to the hospital and then you all of a sudden need to be treated for something completely random as a a ruptured appendix. Right. Your life becomes very, very complicated. Absolutely. So I, I, I understand that people are fighting for their livelihoods and I understand the toll that unemployment takes on people. I've been fortunate not to lose my job this time around when, you know, complications happen and money becomes an issue for people. But what I will say is this, when you said we need to band together, it's easy to band together when you don't have to sacrifice anything. When 9-11 happened, there was a surge in people signing up for the military, but most people just put a flag out on their lawn and called it, yeah, I'm, I'm behind you guys. Right. This is actually sacrificing things. Right. And this is people actually showing that they give a shit about one another. And we did really well for like the first two months. And mm-hmm. it's exhausting. We talked about it, I think, in the aftermath. Yeah. There is a COVID exhaustion right now. Right. We're tired of doing this. We are community we are a species that thrives on, on community. social interaction. Yeah. We need community to survive. But if we act like a community and really support one another during this incredibly difficult time, we will get through it and we will be better because of it. Right. So and whoever the asshole is revving their fucking motorcycle engine <laughs> right now, ruining your speech, Brian, I will fucking find them. <laughs> well, I will say this is you see I, I, hope, the levity to the conversation I, I hope, I hope people really take things seriously. And it really is getting to a point where it's just wear a mask out in public Try to yeah. keep, try to minimize the the parties, and it, the thing is, is we were having barbecues and stuff. It's going to get cold. You're not going to be able to barbecue, so the you know the the gatherings are going to need to stay a little bit smaller. And I understand that's difficult, and we've already gone through all this. Just continue to band together and do the right thing by everyone. And if you disagree with me, I appreciate that. That's fine. Just please wear a mask. That is not a big sacrifice. A piece of cloth on your face is not a tremendous sacrifice, and you could actually save lives. You could save someone's life by wearing a piece of cloth on your face. That's an incredible amount of power, and I just ask you to choose the right way. Yeah. Great job, Brian. Yeah. You're such a great motivational speaker. So 
once again, thanks, Kevin, for explaining the ACA and more importantly, your evolution of thought and how you might think one thing one day and then something helps you see it from a different perspective. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you always change your mind, but the fact that you're widening your perspective on something like you've helped me widen my perspective on gun control. Yeah. I think this I was think a it's, really I good, think, good I think experience. that's I think that's all it is, man. It's just perspective and how you see things. You know, I'm not saying that people need to see things my way. I'm just saying you need to take a good hard look at things before you make it. You know what I mean? Before you really decide like anybody who thinks that way is wrong. It's all about talking to each other. It's all about being able to listen and being able to understand other people's situations. And that's all I hope. You know, I hope I helped you guys with that today. Yeah. And yeah. I know that I know this one was going long, but let's let's give another shout out to to Blue Root. Yeah. Um you know, a lot of the restaurants for us, we live in the West Dundee, Carpentersville, Gonquin, East Dundee area. Um, I know I worked at Blue Root with uh, Kevin, so I know the ownership and, and I'm very um, impressed with the fact that they're deciding to do what's safest. I know I saw Duke's barbecue in East Dundee. Duke came in today. Did he? Yeah. Duke and came. I was working at the restaurant. I, I know everybody knows this already, but I work on Wednesdays before we get here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he came into the restaurant. That is, he, he is the happiest motherfucker so, around. I love that dude so much. And he's going to do the right thing and, yeah. you know, say like it's, I mean, really, he doesn't have a lot of dine-in. I mean, it's mostly pickup right. anyways, but you know, really putting out that message and he's a very loving person. Yeah. Uh, and he spreads the love through, through incredible barbecue food. So yeah. plugging, you know, a couple of, of, of restaurants, leave us a message. If you have a small business that, yeah. you know, they need a little bit of help. We'll spread the word to we'll as many people the word. as we can. And you spread the word for us and we'll continue spreading the word for you. And yeah. that's what this is all about. We're, we're trying to develop a community here and we hope that as you, continue to be a part of this community we can give back to you as well yeah well we're gonna end it here brian because uh i need a drink (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening we really appreciate you guys so much uh please continue to share also we should give we should give some shout outs to some people i know um genie you uh, big listener. She was reaching out recently talking yeah. to me about some things. I've had a bunch of people that um, Felicia uh, just started listening. And then I had a, a, a coworker, uh, Renee, reach out and say, hey, I want to hear about this podcast. So I, I sent her a link. So if you're listening, Renee, Jeannie, or, or anyone else, please yeah. continue listening. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Also, remember to check us out if you guys do want some awesome Mad Libs gear. We'll be uh, repping ours on election day for you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, madlibspodcast.threadless.com. If you guys uh, have the means to support us on Patreon, it's uh, patreon.com slash madlibspodcast. Uh, and if you don't, you know what, just keep supporting us with your listens. We really appreciate it. Send it, uh, you know, Send out some links on Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, you guys are the best, and we couldn't do this without you. We love you. Love Bye. you guys. Hey, guys, it's Kevin. And Brian. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Mad Libs podcast. We really appreciate you guys' uh, time. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media. That includes Mad Libs Podcast on Instagram, Mad Libs Podcast on Facebook. And feel free to email us with any comments or questions at madlibspod at gmail.com. Thanks again, guys. Appreciate you listening.